Hello and welcome to Vintage Rock Pod Side 2, the weekly classic rock magazine-style podcast that comes out every Friday. I'm Paul Stevenson, thanks as always for hitting play. Man, what a week it's been. My interview with Stephen Piercy, the lead singer with hair metal icons Rat, which only came out a few days ago, has been hitting the headlines. I've counted no fewer than 11 different websites reporting the information from that interview, all about Stephen's new album, including one Spanish and one French website too. Now, if you've not had a chance to listen to that episode yet, just scroll back and do so. It's a cracker. There's tales of the infamous antics of the Sunset Strip in the 80s, Eddie Van Halen throwing live rats at uh, the sadly recently passed Tony Katane, and much more too. He joined me from his home in California. It's well worth a listen. And if you're a fan of that LA hair metal, glam metal, heavy rock scene, then check out this coming Monday's episode as it features another member of the scene's big bands. But for today's show, I was joined again by another old friend of the show, a very talented all-rounder who's a broadcaster on Planet Rock and Talk Sport, toured for many years in bands all over Europe. He's an impersonator, a voiceover, and many more things as well. Mr. Ian Danter, he's here to talk about all things rock. And we'll get the quirky side of the classic rock happenings with the latest news from music music journalist and author Tim Peacock. But we're going to start with a little update on our specially created playlist. Vintage Rock Pod Artist's Choice is a playlist you're going to find on Spotify. Just search for that, just that, Vintage Rock Pod Artist's Choice, and give it a like on there. It's a playlist made up of songs chosen by the musicians and singers themselves, songs from their own back catalogue. We've had a couple of episodes so far where you'll hear the stars make their choices, and we're going to hear from our latest guests now. And we'll start with the man who's making the headlines. Stephen Piercy, four platinum albums with his band Rat, means he's got a wide choice to go from. So let's see what song he picks. I would say I've always liked you know, the EP. I think most of us do because it was so aggressive and new. And and I brought in these songs. We didn't know where they were going. And except for Robin and I wrote You Think You're Tough later. I would say you got it. You got it. And it was always a fun song live because it's like punk rock, you know, it, it, <laughs> and I'm not, a, you know, I like all kinds of music, but I didn't write it to be like that. It, but it's just in your face, you know, um, or, you know, another favorite of mine is Drive Me Crazy off of, uh, I think that's off of Dancing and yeah, be you got it or Dan- or uh, Drive Drive Me Crazy. And sadly, Spotify doesn't yet have the Rat EP on there, so we've included his second suggestion, Drive Me Crazy, on the playlist. Now, from Rat the Band to Rat the Drummer, let's find out who Rat Scabies, drummer with punk and goth band The Damned, has selected to go into the playlist from his back catalogue. It's so tough. It's um, to figure out a, a kind of summary of the band and the whole thing. I think um, probably something from Strawberries. Like, um, you know, uh, hmm, hmm. You know, I think um, Stranger on the Town I'd probably put up this morning. But then tomorrow I'd probably have a totally different <laughs> song. But just right here and now, that one. And why have we gone for that one right now then? Because it's, um, it's very much the... It sounds a lot like The Damned, but actually it's completely wrong. And it's because I always think of it as like a soul track, you know, it's kind of. And um, which typifies The Damned, 
there was always this sort of element of chaos and and doing what nobody really sort of thought they could do or would do or would want to do. And um, I just think it's a great tune, you know, and, you know, it was a, a great, one of the great times for me was when Dave and Captain sort of were working together as writers and that was one of the outcomes of that, I think. So that was kind of, yeah, this is the one that breaks the rules in every sort of sense, but it also shows the crossover of the band, you know. So I think as an example of what the band were capable of, it's pretty good. Perfect. A good answer for me. Good answer for me. And Stranger on the Town is in. And one last song to update you with then today, and it's from another drummer, legend with both free and bad company, Simon Kirk. He's here to tell us which track from his own back catalogue of songs he's going to be choosing. Well, the... the... The first one, but the only one that really springs to mind, oh God, I wish I could have two, but we'll go with one, is Maria. I wrote a song called Maria for my wife. And the thing I, I like about it, number one, it's heartfelt because I love my wife. And it features a, a string quartet. And I've ever since I heard yesterday, God, over 55 years ago, I've always wanted to have a song with a string quartet. And and this is on um, uh, the album All Because of You. And it's it's... Maria and it's you know got that string quartet and uh yeah I would I would nominate that one interesting that he went for one from his solo work there really isn't it anyway that's on the playlist and as I said it's a completely unique playlist there's no other playlist like it in the world all the songs on there have been selected from the artists own songs by the artists themselves and you can hear those thoughts and the reasons behind those selections on previous episodes in the series too just look back for uh, the episode side two artist choice and the episode rock fans special they've been released earlier on on this feed and you can hear all the other choices that have gone into that selection Oh, and don't forget to give the playlist a follow on Spotify too. I'll continue to update this as the series progresses. Now it's time to hear from a friend of the show to hear his rock stories. So welcome into the Vintage Rock Pod to talk about his love of classic rock music, or rock music in general, is a man who is everywhere. He's literally a broadcaster, a presenter, an impersonator, and he has his own podcast too. Welcome to Vintage Rock Pod, Mr. Ian Danter. Nice to be here. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Ian. Thank you so much. Now, it's one of those things, rock music has been in your blood for a long time, I can tell, because of your love of the music, and you've performed in big rock bands and everything like that. But how did you first get into rock music then? What was the first band you heard that made you think, wow, this is what I love, this is what I want to do? Probably going back to when I was uh, maybe, I would say, five, six or seven years of age. I've got two older brothers Phil is five years older than me. Rob is seven years older. And um, by the time I was like five or six, they were getting into bands like Deep Purple and Thin Lizzy. Um, They had a compilation Deep Purple album called 24 Carat Purple, which I can remember being one that was played constantly in our house. Thin Lizzy's Live and Dangerous was another that we had. But I do remember my Phil my middle brother sitting me down one day. So I would have been, um, let's get this right, about seven years of age. Uh, and it was like musical appreciation with my brother. He said, you're going to listen to this and you're going to like it. <laughs> and he stuck on uh, the second side of Rainbow Rising, Stargazer. So yep. that was a real gateway moment because I liked what I'd heard, you know, on the Deep Purple and the Lizzie stuff. But there was something about Stargazer that really opened a, a, a gateway for me that like, this is the music I like. 
Um, so I became as much of a fan of those bands as my brothers did. But then, of course, having your little kid brother into the same music as you are <laughs> sort of damages the street cred, doesn't it, for uh, for an older <laughs> brother? So they sort of said, go on, naff off and go and find something else you like. And that was when I went round to my cousin and my auntie lived literally just around the corner from us in Sully Hole, where I grew up. And he had albums in his collection. So I, I was flicking through his album collection and I came across a few Kiss albums. Um, he had Double Platinum, the, the best of. He had Ace Freely's solo album. He had Destroyer. And he had Alive, the first live album from 75. Um, and I asked, he wasn't there at the time, but my aunt was. And I said, would Don mind if I borrowed this? She said, no, 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 you take it. So I took that record back round to my house. I put it on. And that first, how old would I have been? Probably about 10 years, 11 years of age. No, no older than that. And that first side, that first 15 minutes of music totally changed my life. Total, and that's that's no hyperbole. That's no, I'm not overstating it. That truly blew my mind. Juice, Strutter, Got to Choose, Hotter Than Hell, Firehouse. Those first five songs <laughs> absolutely floored me. So I loved it that much. I was terrified to play sides two, three, and four <laughs> of a live for weeks afterwards in fear that it wouldn't be as good wow. as what I heard <laughs> on that first side. But of course, eventually I got around to playing Nice two, three, and four. There's Parasite and She and the brilliant Hundred Thousand Years with a drum solo and Paul Stanley whipping up the crowd and Cold Gin. Oh, yeah. So that album, more than any other, so that became mine. That wasn't my brother's. Yeah. That was mine. And, and I latched on to Kiss hugely from that moment on. And did your love of uh, Kiss and, and music in general, did that lead you to want to become a musician? Were you playing any instruments at, at all before that? I know you're a drummer and a multi-instrumentalist now, but was it listening to that sort of music that made you go, I want to do this too? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll freely admit that. Um, delusions of grandeur set in very early. Uh, I was playing piano at, at that time because my dad was a piano player. So I was taking piano lessons. But um, I, I really suddenly decided I want to be in a band. I want to be a rock star. Uh, I had those delusions. I knew I had the musical ability. It was just a question of how that was going to play out. Um, by the time I was 11, I decided I wanted to be a drummer because I went to see my brother's band rehearse at a local church hall. And the only member of the band that looked like he was enjoying himself was the drummer, not my brother. So I asked my mum whether I could have a, a drunk right there. And, there. and of course she said no. Uh, but she bought me a pair of sticks and a, a rubber practice pad. And that was it. That was my indoctrination into learning drums at that age. And, and then, yeah, it was all set about being a, a rock star for probably the next 20 years of my life, I would say. <laughs> and you performed with lots of um, different bands, as you said, traveling throughout the Midlands and, and the UK and stuff like that. And then you, you spoke about the, your big love kiss. Now you have to talk about Dress to Kill. You, you joined them, didn't you? And you toured with them for many, many years performing as, as yeah. a Kiss tribute act with all the makeup and the, and the, the clothes and everything. I mean, that must have been phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd been, um, I'd formed a, another Kiss tribute in early 2003 uh but dress to kill were the you know they were the the, the gold standard you know 
Yeah. And um, they approached me after I'd left that other Kiss tribute and they approached me because their drummer couldn't commit to it anymore. In 2005, this would have been, uh, and said, you know, can we audition you? So I, we, I auditioned, um, I joined. And my first gig was the uh, KISS convention at Nottingham's Rescue Rooms, where Eric Singer, that was the guest of honour, and he came up and played four songs on my kit, and he was brutal. He, was, he wasn't in the best of mood that day, um, and he smacked seven shades of <laughs> out of my kit, uh, playing things like Parasite and Do You Love Me? Um, and then, yeah, from that point on, uh, the band went round the UK, um, from the Orkney Islands to, you know, the Southwest. And then we played Europe. We played in places like Spain and Norway um, and Denmark and things. Yeah, so you know, we, had a, we had a whale of a time. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of hard work, you know, taking, you know, two hours to put the makeup on and the costume wow. and everything. And you had to set all the gear up. We didn't have a team of roadies do it all for us. So it was great fun, but it was hard work at the same time. Absolutely. And talking about touring and things like that, I know you've seen many, many bands live. Can you give us a, some of your highlights? Who are the favourite people you've seen live? OK, well, if we if we get past Kiss, because that would be fairly obvious, right? <laughs> that, you know, yeah. Some of the Kiss gigs I've seen have been some of the, uh, the best I've seen. Um, well, I was lucky enough to see Queen at Wembley, uh in 86 on the magic tour the year after live aid um that final tour with freddie um that was an amazing day at wembley stadium with status quo and the alarm in, in excess um there's 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 little moments there's, there's there's gigs you go and see where you're completely stunned by what you see and you, you something you weren't expecting um mm -hmm. so some of the best gigs are the ones that that sort of knock you for six like Dan Reed Network. I remember going to see them at, at Rock City in Nottingham just after Slam had come out. So this would be 1990, I guess. And, um, or maybe earlier than that, I can't remember, but they were amazing. I mean, just, they had the crowd in the palm of their hands at Rock City. Um, Pantera at the same venue uh, when they were touring Vulgar Display of Power. Unbelievably good. I mean, tight as a gnats whatever and just brutal absolutely but but there was a, there was a melodic quality to them being brutal it's really hard to explain they were um quite astonishing uh rush i've seen a number of times and they've never failed to impress me uh yeah. just uh, and the last tour the clockwork angels tour that they did uh was a real treat with the the, the string orchestra behind um Crikey, what else? Well, there's loads. Even bands, I remember being surprised by U2. I went to see them. I was working for a radio station in Birmingham and we were all told to go and see U2 on the Elevation Tour. <laughs> and we had to pay for our tickets and I was grumbling, I'm not paid to go and see U2. And it was 50 quid at the time. They were brilliant. And I, I came from a real position of doubt with them. I thought they were uh, way better than I'd given them uh credit for i'm still not a massive fan of this but the concert was great showman well you know really 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 good excellent and just uh just finish off then um if you had three albums that you could take to a desert island and that would be it what would those three uh, three albums be okay well kiss alive's definitely one based on the conversation we've 
we've had earlier. Yep. Jellyfish spilt milk would be another. Uh, not many people know about them, but they were like no. a San Francisco band from the early 90s. It were basically every second generation Beatles band thrown together in this beautiful melting pot of music. And Spilt Milk is, is just an incredible album. It's just got, it's the kitchens, it's every kitchen sink in the world thrown at that. And the songs were amazing. <laughs> um, crikey, a third album. Um, let me think. Let me think. Power Age, ACDC. There we go. Uh, which I think is the underrated ACDC album, but it's just Bonds on top form. The production's crisp. The songs are great. The, at the attitude is absolutely there. So, yeah, there you go. Power Age, ACDC. I'll probably say that one too. Lovely. A great selection of albums there. Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Now, normally at the end of the interview, I say, where's the best place we can find you? But it seems like you're everywhere. Um, just plug us a couple <laughs> of places where people can catch up with you. Well, most Saturdays you'll find me commentating on a on a football match um, on Talksport Two on the Talksport Network, um, and I do games during the week as well during midweek. Occasionally, you'll find me popping up on Planet Rock when uh, Paul Anthony Wyatt or Darren Reddick can't be bothered uh, <laughs> to do their shows. Um, but that's that's you know sporadic. That's by no means a, a regular thing. Um, and I've got my website, iandanta.co.uk, where people can look at what I've done and what I'm doing, and uh, they can listen to my music via that site and purchase my music via that site as well. Perfect. And I encourage everyone to do so. Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, and thank you very much for joining us. Top man, thank you. Such a nice guy, Ian Danter, very talented sports commentator, radio broadcaster, uh, musician. He's released solo albums, and as he said, he's toured for many years with many bands all over Europe as well. He's also a voiceover, an impersonator, a podcaster. Honestly, you name it, he's done it. Check out his website for more details. Right now, it's time to find out more about the quirky side of the news this week from another good friend of ours, music journalist with Record Collector magazine and Universal Music's YouDiscoverMusic.com, and he's an author as well. Here's Tim Peacock. Hi, Paul. Good evening. Welcome to all the listeners. Welcome to Vintage Rock Pod News. <laughs> Good to talk to you. Indeed, indeed. What have you got lined up for us then this week, Tim? I've uh, got a few interesting ones this week, Paul, actually. Um, see what you make of these. So, first one to start us with tonight is, um, obviously, we're living through the, the pandemic. You can't get out of uh, talking about COVID-19, but um, leave it to uh, no, no one less than Tenacious D to make something uh, positive out of this. They've, uh, or Kyle Gass from um, Tenacious D has covered, and he's covered uh, the Ramones classic song, I Want to Be Sedated, okay. um, and he's turned it into a COVID vaccination anthem, would you believe it, of all things. So, <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> it's actually quite cool it's actually quite cool he's changed the words of the punk classic to encourage people to get their vaccination jab and the new lyric goes 20 20 24 hours from now i'm getting vaccinated uh waited so long that i wrote this song i'm getting vaccinated etc it does sound very similar to the original version of it but um you know it probably people will pick up on it um actually he's he's made a video for it as well which is quite quite cool and it's got cameos from 
People like uh, Steve Lukather from um, to uh, Toto, uh, Danko Jones, Amy Lee from Evanescence and a few other people. And, of course, his, his bandmate uh, Jack Black from Tenacious D is also in oh, there. Oh, good. Uh, he actually turns up dressed in Dr. Scrubs and holding a pair of giant needles. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in keeping anyway. So... <laughs> The good news is it's available on YouTube, so you can wouldn't expect anything less from Jack Black. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Subtlety isn't necessarily the strong point, but it is good fun, to be fair. And um, obviously, with the world we're living in at the moment, it's, uh, it is at least going to catch people's attention, I think, anyway. so um, Need a bit of fun. Yeah, definitely. So a bit of fun and something hopefully a bit more serious, so... Yeah, so that's the first one for this Good evening. Stuff, yeah. Second one tonight, uh, we go to um, one of the the big four thrash metal bands, Anthrax. This year are celebrating their fortieth anniversary, and they've announced that they're doing a special live stream on July the seventeenth. Um, this kicks off at uh, midnight UK time, but if you go to their website, you can actually purchase tickets for it pretty much from today. Um, among there are different options. There's the opportunity to have a live video chat with members of the, the legendary band, amongst other things. Uh, you can also buy a digital ticket to relive the past 40 years, which includes uh, exclusive interviews, testimonials, and beside, behind the scene anecdotes. So it's certainly one for, for fans, very much for fans. Um, the band themselves have released a statement about it. Well, Scott Ian from the band The Guitar Player has said, I was a 17-year-old metalhead kid from Queens when I started the band. I'm now a 57-year-old metalhead from Queens about to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the band. That means for 40 years, I've gotten to do exactly what I wanted to do and getting to do what I love and being uh, a part of something so much bigger than myself has made the time, the unbelievable weight of 40 years seem so light. So he's saying, here's to the next 10, not necessarily but the next 40, but the next 10 as well anyway. So, um, yeah, basically, if you're a fan of the one of the big four, Anthrax, if you just go to anthraxlive.com, you can get all of the ticket details there. Anyway, fantastic so, uh, stuff. Fantastic. Thank you, Tim. No problem, Paul. And uh, last one for tonight. Here's one for all the air guitar fans out there. Um, <laughs> I'll actually, actually ask you a question before I, I kick into this one, um, because just purely out of interest, if I was to say to you, what do you think is the classic rock song with the greatest ever guitar riff? Have you any idea what you would go for? Oh, uh, top of my head, something like Layla or Whole Lot of Love or Sweet Child of Mine, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you're very good there, Paul, because actually today... Or Stop uh, in the Water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you can't fault any of those choices. But today, officially, Whole Lot of Love, Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love has been voted the rock's greatest ever guitar riff today. Um, a major poll has been uh, held, uh, taken by um, readers of Total Guitar and Guitar World, and they, they voted for Jimmy Page's instantly recognisable intro riff to Whole Lot of Love. Um, which is, of course, based in part originally on Muddy, Muddy Waters' version of Willie Dixon's You Need Love. Um, Page's iconic riff secured the honorary title on Saturday, and it held off challenges provided by the late great Randy Rhodes from Ozzy's, Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train and Malcolm and Angus Young's Breeze Block introduction to the ACD, the classic Black in Black. I mean, again, there's a few ACDC, I mean, Highway to Hell and yes. a few other things possibly could have been in there. Anyway, <laughs> they do say here, um, apparently Total Guitar say um, 
Whole lot of loves figure took just guitar figure took just over two point seven seconds to play, but it immediately projected music into another decade. While everyone else was playing, still playing the sixties, Zeppelin were now playing the seventies. Uh, they also go on to say it wasn't the first great guitar riff, but it is the defining one. Um, it's why riffs became central to guitar music. The reason bands search for the guitar hook that can propel a whole song or even a whole career. So that's what they've chosen. You'd be pleased to hear that a lot of the things you came out with there, Paul, Deep Purple Smoke on the Water came in fourth. That was another one. Van Halen's Ain't Talking About Loving came in fifth. Metallica's Enter Sandman was in there. Uh, Black Sabbath's Iron Man, which is a, is a great riff. Um, Pantera's Walk um, came in. ZZ Top's Lagrange and um, Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze. So that's the, some of the ones that were chosen there. I mean, it's a subject we could pretty much discuss all night. It <laughs> might be an interesting one to throw open to vintage rock for, for the fans to see what they think is the, is the greatest riff of all time. But anyway, that's um, Total uh, Total Guitar have voted for Whole Lot of Love by Led Zeppelin. So that's what they say is the greatest riff. So let's all have our say on that one. Absolutely. Other ones, like Satisfaction and things like that popped to mind. What was number two, did you say? was uh, Number two, Tim, sorry. Yeah, black in black in black was number two. So you thank go. you very much, Tim. As always, appreciate you bringing us the latest and greatest classic rock news, and we'll catch you again next week. You're very welcome, Paul. Thanks very much for listening. Fantastic stuff, Tim, as always. Now, if this is the first time you're listening to Vintage Rock Pod, then please go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. There's some incredibly big-name guests I've interviewed throughout the series, which are well worth checking out. Please give us a follow or a like on social media and join the growing list of VRP VIPs as well. Just head to my website, vintagerockpod.com, and you can sign up for free on there. It's always free. You'll never get charged, and you'll only ever get one email a week that's it no spamming i won't be passing your details to anyone else or anything like that just go to vintagerockpod.com and fill in the form on the front page and that's it then for this week's vintage rock pod side two another side two episode will be released next friday with another wide range of guests while the main show comes out every monday with a big name interview and i've got some great guests lined up honestly now until the next episode then if you come across anyone who isn't a fan of rock music just tell them my music is better than yours take care Thank you.